Well, my friends, on this second Sunday of Easter, uh, also known as Divine Mercy Sunday, our gospel picks up at the, uh, with Easter, Easter night, uh, that evening of the first day of the week. Jesus came and stood in the midst of his disciples, and he said to them, Peace be with you. That ultimately, the victory of Easter is a victory of peace. That it's the peace of God. That Jesus comes and he, he offers us this peace. And it's not, that's not just a throwaway line. That's not just a greeting, like, how are how you guys doing, right? It is, it is the proclamation of the Easter victory. Peace. Peace be with you. How, how much we desire that deep peace. How much it's the story of humanity that we've been at war with the devil. We've been captive and slaves to the devil and we've been at war within ourselves. And we, as St. Paul says, we do the evil that we don't want to do and we don't do the good that we know we should do. And that we've been in this state of turmoil. And Jesus, in the victory of his resurrection, has won the peace for us. He's won our peace. And so that gift of his peace, peace be with you. That this is, this is a, a gift that our Lord gives us in the resurrection. That we are a people who are redeemed that we have been set free and that we should live in this way of peace, that that is the the peace of Christ. That should mark our lives. It should mark who we are. We are at peace, most of all, at peace with God, that we have the right relationship with God, that there's not tension in our relationship to God our Father who made us, that we know that we are at peace with God and that we're at peace in ourselves, inner peace. You could find probably millions of podcasts and YouTube videos about how to find inner peace, right? How do we find it's the peace of Christ? We know, we know the answer. I don't need someone to, you know, talk at me for an hour through my iPhone and sell me something in the process in order to tell me how to find that peace It's the peace of Jesus that ultimately puts peace within ourselves, that inner peace. And then peace with one another, that we live in peace peacefully with each other. We live in communion with each other. We heard in that first reading how the the early church is in communion, being devoted to the apostles' teaching to the breaking of the bread, which is the celebration of the Mass, to the communal life, right, to communion among themselves, communio, and to prayers, that they pray together. In fact, if you want to go, what does it mean to live as a Christian community? What should be our game plan? It's Acts 2.42, devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, knowing our faith, to the breaking of the bread, to the celebration of Sunday Mass together as a community to living communal life, to really being a people in communion, and to pray, praying individually and also praying together, that we, this is the peace 
that we're meant to have. This is the peace that Jesus won for us. It's his Easter gift to us. Now when he says it though, he shows them, peace be with you, and he shows them his hands and his side. Because the peace that Jesus won for us wasn't cheap. It's not cheap peace. It cost Jesus his whole life. It cost every drop of his precious blood. It cost Jesus everything to win this peace for us. And so we have to see the value of what we've been given, what each and every one of us has been given. We share this peace objectively through baptism, and then it grows in the sacramental and prayer life of the church. Our communal life has been won at the price of Jesus. St. Peter says in one of his apostles, you have been brought, bought at the price of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You've been redeemed by the price of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And we just prayed in that opening prayer for the Mass, the Collect. Increase, we pray, the grace you have bestowed that all may grasp and rightly understand in what font they have been washed through baptism, by whose spirit they have been reborn, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, and by whose blood they have been redeemed. Whose blood paid for my redemption? Whose blood paid for my peace? The precious blood of Jesus Christ, freely and generously shed out of love for me. I just heard a story in a, in a homily uh, a couple weeks ago about a businessman who uh, conducted his business in a very upright way, and he, he really did a good, you know, he was an honest, good man. But at a certain point, through some circumstances, somebody came and wanted to, to offer him a bribe to, to engage in some dishonest practice and offered him something like, you know, quarter million dollars, and then a half million dollars, and then a million dollars, right? We're dealing with some rich people here. Uh, or, I don't know, I guess a million dollars isn't that much to the really rich nowadays. Who knows? To me, it'd be a lot of money, right? Million. But hey, this guy says, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And the person bribing him said, everyone has a price. Everyone has their price. We'll find out yours, right? Everyone has their price. And he, later that day, because he was trying to live a life of holiness... He would read the Bible every day, and he saw that line from St. Peter. You have been redeemed at a great price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And he said, that's my price. That, that's, uh, well, how could I sell out my soul for anything less? No, it's the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There's no amount of money or power or fame or pleasure, nothing. Nothing should be able to compare to the fact that I've been redeemed, and my life of grace was purchased at the price of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And I can't sell out for anything short of that, and there's nothing that can top that. Nothing at all. Jesus himself purchased my salvation. He purchased my life out of personal love for me. He set me free. And then, that same night, with that peace, that Jesus offers in this message of reconciliation. He sends his apostles out to then be ministers of this. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. 
receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, and whose sins you retain are retained. The apostles become the ministers of the peace of Jesus to go and spread the grace of Christ. And so it's in, it's in this moment in John's Gospel that Jesus institutes the sacrament of confession, reconciliation, to spread the peace of Christ. He sends out his apostles to be ministers of his peace, to share that reconciliation so that when we may have been broken through sin, when we may have fallen short through our sins, we can be lifted up, we can be redeemed, we can be forgiven again and again and again. We had a, a ton of confessions um, before Easter, which was great, but confession's also an Easter sacrament because we share in the joy of the resurrection. And so if we haven't been yet, it's not too late. Go to confession, right? We go and we, we receive this forgiveness. Jesus sends his apostles out specifically to do this, to be ministers of his mercy, his great divine mercy, which is why, particularly in the 20th century, this day, the second Sunday of Easter, uh, has been instituted as Divine Mercy Sunday through the apparitions of our Lord to St. Faustina, the message of divine mercy, and then promulgated by Pope St. John Paul II, that we need to see that Easter is for us and that we share in the resurrection. There is no sin that's too big for the mercy of God and that we should go, we should receive liberally, generously this sacrament, this great mercy of God. But here's the final point. There will be those who don't believe that God is capable of such mercy that God is actually able to forgive us. There will be those who are going to doubt the mercy and the peace of God. And Thomas here stands for them, who's not with the apostles that first night, wherever he was. He wasn't there. He didn't see the risen Lord. And so he doubts them. His friends tell him, we've received this peace of Christ. He says, you can't, pot. I, won't, I don't believe it. I won't believe it. Unless I myself see the marks of the nails, put my finger into his hands, and my hand to his side, I will not believe that there will be those who don't want to believe in the mercy of God. And when we find that mercy and that peace and we recognize our value, there are those who will reject that. They'll reject it. They'll reject the peace that God wants to give us. And we need to entrust them to the Lord. Jesus even goes after them. It can be very easy as church people to write off the people that reject religion. But Jesus is interested in them too. And so he comes back to Thomas. Thomas, look here. Yeah, you want to put your finger here in my hand in the nail mark. Put your hand into my side. Do not be unbelieving. That when people doubt the mercy of God, we shouldn't abandon them. We shouldn't get rid of them. Thomas was still there with the apostles the next week. They held on to him. They kept him close because Jesus will work in his life, in Jesus' own way, as he does. And so when even people reject the mercy of God at first, we never give up. No one is too far gone. No one is beyond healing and redemption. Jesus wants to give his mercy and his peace 
to each of us. He bought each of our souls with the price of his precious blood. And there's nobody that is beyond the mercy of God, no matter how bad it's gotten. And so today on this Sunday of Divine Mercy, we should pray for a greater understanding among all people of the love and the mercy of God that he reaches out to each one of us, purchases us with his precious blood, and offers us that peace, the peace of Jesus' own resurrection.